Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Yes. We have a what's on your shelf for you today. I have such good books. I have some fun ones I'm to so talk about. I'm so excited too. to talk about my books. So. But before we do that, yeah. you have a fun fact for us? I have a fun fact about Boo Walker. Boo. Uh, Mr. Walker was interviewed by Jersey Girl Book Reviews, which is a blog. Um, she asks him a lot of um, a lot of the typical author questions, like, where do you like to write? How did you get into writing? All those things, which okay. I love to read. I do, too. I always love to know. But this was my favorite um, question that she asked, is how do you come up with the ideas that become the storyline for your books? And he said, it all starts with a character. Character first. Interesting. Um, who is he? What does he want? Um, what what woman can I throw into his life to cause problems? So he's coming at this definitely from a man's perspective, starting with a male character, it sounds like. As far as subject matter, I usually find myself fascinated with something I have read recently, and that gives me a jump off point. For example, with my new one, Turn or Burn, which this was one of... Uh, his books before his previous books, I was looking for inspiration when I read a piece on the technological singularity in time magazine. What? So something that he's read recently kind of triggers something, but he starts with a character. That is so interesting. Yeah. I, think I, that's, love, I love hearing that. Like, do you get to know the character first or is this like an interest of a setting or a problem that you want to, I, every that author so hits it from a different direction, and I think it's really interesting to know that and then to read their books knowing that where they started this story that from. That was their first point of yeah. jumping off. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Very cool. And interesting, I find it very interesting when an author chooses a character, like he, it's a, it's a, a boy, he starts with a man, and he, then he talks that he always throws in something about... Uh, a woman he can throw in and throw things off. But like when we talk about um, the author of Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie. Oh. Flavia. I could not think Flavia of Flavia Duluth. Yes. yes. Something like that. Anyway, that author, I was so shocked when I found out it was a man. He Writing. retired from his career, and I can't think of his name right now, but then he decided in his retirement he'd always wanted to write a book. And he writes such a 13 year old girl. Like, yes. For she's a young adult man to then pick out of his imagination. Yeah. And writes a character in of their all the youth things you can and choose. a girl, not, you know, so when you yes. write out of your own gender and out of your own, it would, experience. I would assume yeah. it's so much easier to be able to relate to something that you've been through right. or yes, experienced, right? Like right. rather than, what you imagine it felt like, or you imagine exactly that yeah. experience would, right? You know the way that a your brain would figure that out if you were someone else, exactly right. entirely. Enti yeah, that's a crazy. Because she was just so believable as a character, yes. and I, I just loved that character. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is written by a sixty so seventy year old man. Yes, how crazy is that? Anyway, I loved cool. it. So I think that's interesting to see. If they cross gender their writing or if they stick to their own gender for their main characters. Yeah. Super interesting. interesting. Very interesting. Okay. But now books. Books. Jamie. 
What's yeah. on your shelf? Do you want me to start? Sure. Or do you want to start? I, I feel like care. I keep jumping do in you? first. Do it doesn't matter. No. Do you want me to go first? Either or. I think I went first last time. Okay. So uh, the first book I want to talk about today is called Pay Up, The Future of Women and Work by Reshma Saujani. I maybe didn't Lovely. say that correctly, but... um. I think our listeners know at this point. We're trying. <laughs> we try. Yeah. And thank you for your grace when we get it wrong. Absolutely. Right? I like that because okay. I'm not going to get it right 100% of the time. Probably okay. not 75% of the time. So I, but it doesn't mean I'm not very proud of these authors. I think it's super cool. Um, anyway, this book, what is about just what it says. It's about the future of women and work, like in the workplace, mostly, although she does talk about women at home. Um, this author has a lot of experience with this, and which is why she did. She is, I'm not even going to get it all right, but Reshma is like the CEO founder of Girls Who Code, which okay. is a very um, big foundation like getting women into tech companies okay and let's start very with cool. girls right yeah. like young let's, let's start young let's get them interested motivated yes in it and things a business so that when they are starting young and have goals that will get them there and get them into the ceo chairs of these mm-hmm. big companies and she and spent a lot of her early years um promoting women in the workplace and promoting the idea of women can have it all. Like you can have a family, you can have the big job, you can have, you can sit in the white chair. I think it's how she phrased it. Like you deserve a chair at this table and um, you can do it and you can have it and it will be amazing. Just keep working, put your head down and work hard and work hard and work hard and you can get there. And then she had a family and she got married and her husband has a big job and they, they have two children and COVID hit. Oh, also a part of it. She ran for governor of like New York. Wow. I don't know. She had a big, she was running for a very big political position. Yes. And she did not win. Okay. And although she was talked about and she was really revered for her running and everything that she was standing for in her race, um, she didn't win. And she took that as a huge personal blow. Like she's like, I had to take some time and lick my wounds and, Right. She felt that very deeply, but um, but I applaud her absolutely. Women in politics, women in tech, yeah, hard. She is going after it. But get in there and be. Thank you for representing absolutely. And she talks about all the things that she learned and the importance of that experience for her. She does not regret it. It was a very important experience for her, um, and it gave her. I think it also sets us down the roads that we're on. Right, like mm-hmm. all the experiences lead us to where we are, and. She definitely talks about that, but she now, then COVID hit and she's trying to work from home and be a stay at home mom. Yes. And so she's home with her parents or her kids all of the time. She's also trying to run her business. She had just had a baby. Her husband's now working from home too. They're all, they're trying to do it all right. Which she's been saying all along, you can, you can do it all. And she realized in those moments at home that you really can't do it all. Um, it's not healthy it's not healthy it's not feasible yeah like you really can't do all the things this and she realized all the things that she was promoting and putting out there she is now taking back 
Yeah. And she has interesting. She has reframed. She was her like the view. cheerleader of you can do Absolutely. it all. And then she came out. I love that she humbled herself to say, Hey, guess what? I was wrong. Yeah. And she talks about like young women who would come up to her and be like, How how do you do it all? Like, how do you juggle family life and a full time working life? And and she would be like, what are you talking about? You can do it. Like, there are ways to do this. And we mentor each other and we, you get the help. Like, you hire, you know, um, daycare or nannies or whatever it is you need. She's like, you can do it. You can do it. And she just kind of brushed off. She's like, I look back on those conversations where I just brushed over their concerns. Like, yeah. it was no big deal. And she's like, they were very valid concerns right. to have. And it was so fascinating to me. I am... A stay-at-home mom. I am not in the workforce, like, when it's viewed as yes, being in the workforce. Yeah. And and she talks about the stay-at-home mom a little bit. Most of her book really is those who choose to work in the field. But she talks about how stay-at-home moms contribute to the workforce. Mm-hmm. Like, because when you, when you have a man who is fully involved in the workforce, but is able to have a partner who stays at home and takes care of everything at home that they can, they don't have to worry about those things. They don't have to leave work for anything. Yeah. And they don't have to like, I don't know, just all the things that you worry about, doctor's appointments, planning, scheduling, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things is taken off of their plate and they can be fully present at work where even a mom who has all of the help at home, a nanny and those kinds of things to help them at home literally still has to schedule and still has to plan and still has to worry. Oh, my kid has like, Oh, what is, what is that on their face? With the nanny. I need to call the doctor about that. Do you know what I'm saying? All the coordination you still, you still are in charge of all of that. You still have that plate. Yeah. And it's just, it's just interesting. Her view on that. I, she does such a great job of formulating those thoughts. I'm, barely expressing right. her thoughts, but um, definitely a good read. It was a recommendation by Sharon Says So. I don't oh. know if any of our listeners oh, follow along Sharon. to Sharon Says So. I love her yeah. Instagram. And that's where I found it. She recommended it. And, um, and I read there. And even as a person who's not working, it was so intriguing to me. And a lot of her ideas are different and they're pushing social norms and, you know, mm-hmm. all of our gender roles and things. And and it made me think a lot about that. And it doesn't even full, it's, I'm not even fully in what she's talking about, right? I stay right. at home. So it was good. I gave it four stars. It's called Pay Up, the Future of Women in Work. That's so interesting. It I think really we could talk about this subject forever. Yes. <laughs> and I think <laughs> like for me who I've been, oh, I was a working mom when my kids were born. Then I stayed home and now I'm back working. And when I first had kids and I was working, I wanted to work. I liked my job. I liked what I did. I could not afford to hire nannies or babysitters to cover all those other things. I actually was barely breaking even as a teacher once I had to put two kids in daycare. And so it no longer was financially beneficial. I enjoyed my work. But I, after I paid for gas mm. to get me to work and the kids to daycare and daycare, the runaround was actually, I wasn't bringing anything home. So right. yes, I was working and I was um, enjoying my work, but the runaround, I wasn't 100% was at work exhausting. and I wasn't 100% with my kids and not 
having any monetary thing to show for either. Yes. So then I chose to stay home with my kids. And so not every career can allow a woman to hire a nanny or right. hire those Absolutely. babysitters. And there, there's an issue there. Absolutely. And she really is like talking about getting women into these higher paying like positions within large companies. Like mm-hmm. she really is pushing for that. And so that's it's not a specific every woman. Yeah. woman. Yeah. That is in those kind that yeah. field. Yeah. But that being said, it was still super fascinating to me to hear her ideas about how there can't actually be, in her opinion, full equality between men and women in the workforce, in the workforce. until certain expectations at home are changed. Yeah. It was it was very, very interesting. Sounds super interesting. And it was good. Like I I don't know that we've hit the nail on the head quite yet. I think we're yeah. close. Yeah. Um, but it is closer. definitely so- something we're talking about. Yeah. Having those conversations yes. continually are getting us closer and closer. For sure. Very cool. Um, okay. My first one I'm going to talk about is called Furious Hours. Um, murder, Fraud, and the Last Trial of oh. Harper Lee. What? Harper Lee. Okay. Wow. Furious Hours by Casey Kep. Okay. Could be Sep. It's C-E-P. Casey Kep, C-E-P? Hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Or Sep. I should look that up. Anyway, fantastic. I gave it four stars. This hits a little bit of everything. Like, so this trial, trial, these furious hours, there is this trial of a serial killer. And it is a reverend in a town, Reverend Willie Maxwell, in a rural town. I think it was um, in... Alabama, but I'm not positive. Anyway, he was taking out, this was back like the 70s. He was taking out insurance policies on everybody he knew. Back when insurance, life insurance was a new thing, there was a lot of fraud because there weren't a lot of rules and regulations of life insurance. And it was so new, they hadn't figured out all the loopholes they needed to close and whatnot. And so you could take out a policy on anybody. And you could pay a dollar a month or $10 a month. And then, oops, that person died, and you just made $500 or $1,000 or $2,000. Like the return on this investment was quite great. Okay. And again, no rules. The person you took the policy out on didn't even need to know that you had taken a policy out on it. So this reverend what? had t- <laughs> was taking policies out on everybody. And first his wife dies. And he is a suspect. But the number one witness who said, oh, no, something's not right here, was the next door neighbor. But then when it came back to the trial, she's like, no, I never said that. And it turns out a couple months later, he then marries the next door neighbor. But then guess who has a policy taken out on and a year or so later ends up dead. Oh, my God. So all these people in this very rural, small town who are associated with this reverend suspiciously keep dying. And this is a real story. This is real. This is true. And he then goes and, you know, reports them to this life insurance and is gaining, is getting money on him. So then people in the town start getting scared that they're even associated with him. Has he taken a policy out on me? Am I going to die? 
So that's the premise of this trial. Okay. And this investigation. Now, it is being investigated by none other than Harper Lee. After she wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. So the rest of this book, besides this story, is a very fascinating fascinating biography of Harper Lee. And how the success of To Kill a Mockingbird and her the book um, Go Set a Watchman is actually the first book she wrote. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't picked up, but they liked the premise of it. So she took the characters and wrote kind of their backstory, which was To Kill a Mockingbird. And it talks about that. Like when she graduated from um, college, her family gifted her a year's worth of um, rent money for food, like living cost so that she could spend a year writing. Wow. This was their gift. We've got this for you. We believe in you. You spend this time and write. And that is what that's like her success of To Kill a Mockingbird was shocking. It was huge. Her success was so great with that book that even she herself was like surprised by it. Like it, she made a lot of money off of that book, but Harper Lee herself, it put her into a tax bracket that grossed her out. Like, I, yes, she made enough money to live off of. She was fine, but the idea of having to pay that much in taxes, she didn't want to write anymore because, or make any more money. She turned down things because she was just going to have to pay taxes on it. Like, she <laughs> almost shot herself in the foot. Oh my because gosh. of this fixation on how much the government was making off of her in taxes. So after wow. To Kill a Mockingbird, wow. she is such an interesting woman. So you find out a lot about her life. She grew up with Truman Capote, who is the author of In, In True Blood. And she helped do the research on that book for him. He wrote it, but she helped him research. They were childhood neighbors and friends. And they grew up quite chummy, quite friendly. And as their careers took off as writers, they communicated a lot and helped each other a lot. Like Truman was a fantastic writer, but he wasn't very good at the interviewing, like making people comfortable to open up and talk about things. But Harper Lee was. Oh, interesting. Anyway, this book is so fascinating. Finding out the ins and outs. Harper Lee never really had another great book. Mm -hmm. Because she could never really figure out how to do it again. Oh, interesting. And she had a drinking problem. She definitely dealt with some um, mental health issues, as well as Truman Capote and how they relied on each other and not on each other. And it's so fascinating To find out the lives of these authors, it mostly focuses on Harper Lee, though. But there's a little bit of Truman Capote in there um, because of her, of Harper's relationship with her. It talks about Harper's childhood. Her real name isn't Harper. Um, It's Nell, N-E-L-L-E, named after her mother, who was Ellen. So it's backwards. It's a palindrome. Oh. Uh, Not a palindrome. It's just reversed. Anyway, just interesting how – and then so she was – investigating this trial and investigated and investigated and investigated, never actually writing anything, writing a book on it, but spent a lot of time investigating. She was in the courtroom during the trial. She was 
researching it and interviewing people, but never actually wrote anything about it. And so this author, Casey Kep, came in, took all the notes from Harper Lee and wrote about this trial. And then wrote a little bit about Harper Lee's life and why she did never get around to doing it. And and Harper Lee's super interesting person. Very interesting character. I gave it four stars. Furious Hours. I'm going to have to check that one out. I highly recommend it. Very, very interesting story. Well written. And well investigated. A little of everything. Authors. Murder. Fraud. (laughs) You get it all in this book. That sounds really good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Furious Hours by Casey Kep. All right. Okay, the next one I'm going to talk about is a little on the fun side. Okay. It is Run, Rose, Run by Dolly Parton. Oh, that's why it sounds familiar. I've been seeing it on a lot of things. I'm like, Run, Rose, Run. I've heard of that. But Dolly well, Parton. Well, it's Dolly Parton and James Patterson. Oh, that's right. But okay. I always wonder about that because James Patterson's name is on like a gazillion books. And I don't know how one human could actually write that many books in a year. I feel like he just gets paid to put his name on books. Oh, that maybe there's ghostwriters in there and he just right. puts his name on it. He's like, I mean, maybe this is he a like good story. I'll put my reads, name on it. Yes. Like just to give it. Like to sell it, pay. yes, yeah. and then he makes money, and they, make, they money. make money. Like I feel like it's just a business transaction. He's helping other authors. Out. I actually don't think he actually writes any of the books. Huh. Maybe like some he does, but I feel like a majority of these books. Do you know how many books he writes in a year? I do not. I actually am not a huge so, fan. I, I personally. don't read a lot of his, but I he writes children's books as well, okay. or he co-writes children's, children's books. books, and I have like a. There's like a website or something that I, you know, that I've talked about before, BookBub, that uh-huh. tells you when books are on sale. Yes. And you can like, if you like certain books, you can say, oh, or if you've bought books in the past through the website or whatever, then it knows that you like it. And it will give you a special email when that author is coming out. It's coming book. out with something. I swear to you once a week, it's I'm getting a new James, a James Patterson. Patterson. He's a brand. He's Maybe a brand. not necessarily an author. He is an author. Yes. But his name is a brand. It's become. It's become a brand. That's what I think. so much out so, there. So, that being okay. said. Okay. Dolly. Dolly. Wrote this book, in my Has opinion. Dolly written other books? At first, I thought no, because I've never heard of him. <laughs> but then you click on her name, and oh my gosh, Dolly has written a lot of books. A lot of books? Really? So many books. Okay. No, like, let me count. I mean, and some of them really don't have a whole lot of ratings. Okay. Um, like there's, um, where did it go? There's so many. Oh my gosh, look at her. Pull up her. I don't even know. But this feels like the first book that she's written that's feeling like that's really adult good. Oh. fiction. Okay. So she's written a lot of like books about herself, like Dolly on Dolly, interviews and encounters with Dolly, like that she's written. Mm-hmm. Um, she's written some children's books, some recipe books. Um, I think she writes poems and things about herself. Like, so not really things like this. So this is the first that I feel like heavy hitter, adult. It's like... um Suspense okay. novel. This story is about a country singer 
who is a wannabe. She's mm-hmm. wanting, you know, she's, you catch her at the beginning of her story, like hitchhiking, trying to make her way to Nashville. Can clearly tell she's coming from something rough. Uh, but she's got talent. She can write a song and, and she's just trying to be discovered, which she is able to be discovered um, singing in a bar by this guy who calls an older, much, you know, America's sweetheart country singer that's now retired. And it's like, you got to hear this girl. And she kind of takes her under her wing and, and so sees, Dolly so knows a, dolly. a little bit about this. Yeah. So like yeah. a Dolly figure. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of watch her navigate this. Um, experience of coming into fame. And at the same time, someone is kind of after her, keeps threatening her. You're, you don't really know who it is or why, what's happened in the past that they're after her. Mm-hmm. But she's trying to still outrun this past while also claiming this famous or this future in fame. Okay. Anyway, it's a fun story. It's Sounds really fun. easy reading. Like, okay. definite Just palate a- cleanser. Um, sometimes you're giggling at the suspense because it's a little over the it's, top, kind okay. of tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But it is also really fun because I love music. I love country music. And it's I can't even hear the music, but I, you know, because it's a story. Imagine. Yes, yeah. but she does a great job expressing what it's like. And you hear the lyrics of the songs, mm-hmm. which are really good. And it's she's obviously still a lyricist. Like she yeah. has a, re- a way with her words. She can add that to yeah. a book easily. Yeah. yeah. And it was really fun to hear that. And there's all there's a love interest involved in there. And it's it was really fun. Like definitely an easy read. I gave it three stars. Super fun. I read a Dolly book, which was kind of fun, fun and different. Yeah. And it was great. It's called Run, Rose, Run. Okay. Awesome. Three stars. Three stars. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. My next one, as I'm looking over my list today, um, it's kind of typecasting me for <laughs> sure. Murder, <laughs> creepy, all the things. Um, is Anatomy, a Love Story Ooh. by... Dana Schwartz. This, you just said, <laughs> hold on. Uh-huh. You're being typecast for like murder, but this is called a love story. R- well, yes. A love <laughs> of all things creepy. The cover is really what? cool. It's a girl that's like, sh- you see her from the top and it's like she has a gown on that's down around her, but it looks like a anatomically correct heart like parts of her dress are going out like the valves of a heart yeah so here it is yes anatomy a love story might sound like it wouldn't be something creepy but it's right up my alley of creep (laughs) so this takes place in edinburgh in 1817 and our main character hazel is a lady who is um she is well off she is a young lady she's home with her mom um, lives in a castle, maids, is very well taken care of. But she has a desire. She is fascinated by the human anatomy, and she wants to be a doctor. And she has taken books off the shelf from her dad's study and has just enthralled with them, reading all about the body and how it works and the heart and blood vessels and all the things. She just absolutely loves it. Wow. But it is not her place in this time and age to be able to become a doctor, but it's what she wants. And so she finds herself in this um, 
situation where her brother has died and her mom has left, her older brother has died. Her mom has left with the youngest brother who mom is mourning this older brother that has died and has put all of her time and attention to this younger sibling and keeping him healthy. And there's talk of this virus going around and people getting sick and dying from it. So mom up and takes this little brother to clean air for his health benefit. And she stays behind. And she is thrilled to have been left behind. She did not want to go with mom. And she is feeling like mom isn't even thinking of her. Everything is this little brother. Also, because little brother will inherit everything. Dad's gone. And um, all the money from dad when dad dies will go to this brother. And And the mom keeps telling her, you need to get yourself married. You need to get yourself married. There is nothing for you. Unless your brother's wife, when he marries this younger brother who isn't even an adult yet, takes pity on you and allows you to live there, there is nothing for you. So this is the concern is that she's got to get married and married to someone of prominence to live that same level, that of, same lifestyle. level of lifestyle. But it's not what she wants. She wants to be a doctor. Oh, so mom leaves doctor. and she decides she there's this uh, doing surgeries take place in a theater and you come and you learn about these surgeries. And so she sneaks into one that's happening in town. She sneaks in and she watches it and she's just absolutely amazed. This is what she wants to do. She doesn't throw up or pass out. No, she (laughs) loves it and is just fascinated. And so she decides this doctor, the surgeon who's doing this procedure is one of the teachers in the medical school. And she's going to enroll, and she enrolls under her brother's name, who has died. And she dresses up in his clothes, and she goes, and she is loving it. And she is learning, and she's right there doing all the things as a man, because a man can. And she is smart, and she finally feels like she's in her right place, and she is who who she's supposed to be and what she's supposed to be doing. But she gets caught. One of the doctors is like, do you think I'm stupid? I know you're a girl. I can't allow you to be here. Um, but And she's begging, 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 begging. He's like, okay, here, uh, you study. You've got the books. You study. And you can come and take the test. And if you pass the test, I will let you come and practice with me. Because I see you have a lot of potential. So this is the time of... Where, how do you practice medicine and surgery? Grave diggers. You have to get bodies and people can, there's all these grave diggers who are taking bodies out of graves and selling them to surgeons so surgeons can practice and learn these procedures. So it's so great. Like the things she does to be able to be, it's so, just (laughs) all of it. Like to be a woman in 1817. Oh, I can't even imagine. Who wants to be a surgeon and the depths she goes to to procure bodies to do these practices on so that she can go and take this test. It's fantastic. I gave it four stars. I love it. Um, It's so good. All of it is so good. Like you're like feminist, being a doctor creepy doctor things and body (laughs) snatching and all the things. Amazing. It's good. 
Okay. Four Stars Anatomy, a Love Story by Dana Schwartz. Write it down. Dana Schwartz, you're going to want to read it. Anatomy, a Love Story. Awesome. Four stars. Did I say that enough? I How think much you I loved did. It? Can I tell you one more time? I loved it. Okay. I'm like afraid to move on. Mine is not that exciting. <laughs> well, just wait. I'll give you some more creep coming up. So you bring the light, please, to my level of books I have right now. Because looking try. at them, they're kind of all kind of like that. Heavy. Mine are light this month. Not, and I enjoyed it. It was like kind of just deep thinker, like nonfiction, mm-hmm. and then like light fiction. Yes, is what I have. So my next one I'm going to talk about is Atomic Habits, An Easy and Proven Way to Build Good Habits and Break Bad Ones. Have you read this one? I have read this one. It's been a long time ago, though. I think I've read this one. Yes. Um, Yeah, James Clear. It's he... He writes this book, and it's about, like, creating sustainable habits that that you want. Like, you choose. Whatever the habit might be that you want to do... Um, He gives very great tips and advice on how to create and sustain them. So he and his life, just a little background on James Clear. Uh He played baseball in high school. And once during a baseball game, um, a batter was up to bat. And when he swung, he lost his hold on the bat. And it just chucked the bat basically really hard and it hit James clear Mm -hmm. directly in his face, the bat, like right between his eyes and smashed his nose, like indented his nose and it like crushed his skull skull, like right there around his eyes and his nose and his forehead. Occipital. Yeah. It just was really, really bad. And he says he doesn't remember much from after it happened. He said he remembers bits and pieces of them like walking him like he doesn't remember being hit by the bat but he remembers them getting him up up and and walking him to the school to the nurse and the nurse going like uh call an ambulance right now and then he had to have surgeries and things and anyway it's a gruesome story that he shares in this book of what he went through there but basically because of the damage he he was concussed and things Uh but he couldn't play baseball but that was his number one goal like it set him back like had to like relearn to do simple things because he had traumatic brain injury right oh and he he did and he worked really really hard he obviously couldn't he didn't play the following year Uh uh-huh but he wanted to play in college really bad that was like a dream of his forever and so he decided that he was going to work hard and play in college. And so that whole year, senior year, he just worked hard and to regain the ability, a lot of normal abilities, but then also the his abilities that he had in baseball. And so by the time he went to college, he was able to walk onto the baseball team. No. And he did. And I have he not read on. this. It's on my want to read list. Yes. But I've heard so much about it. I thought I had. I have not read this. This yeah. does not at all sound familiar. It's super interesting. It like, sounds fascinating. He walked on the baseball field and he knew that he he wasn't like recruited. He was not on scholarship. He was able to 
try out and just play for mm-hmm. the team. But he knew he had to work extra hard because these other players were so much they farther didn't ahead have of all him. This extra. Yeah. So he put his nose to the ground and he worked really, really hard and he created and he and he talks about how it was his habit it was his habits that got him to the success that he experienced in college and he became like an all all-star athlete like named I don't I do not know his I'm not big on baseball talk or athlete talk, but it was a really big deal. Like one of a very few amount of athletes in the country that were highlighted for this special award that he received, not only because of his skills in baseball, but because of his amazing job in school, education, and all that he accomplished with his education. So he did well all around. Yeah. And while he was in college, I think his later years of college, he started a newsletter that just kind of, he was, it was like, I'm going to talk about what I'm doing. Like, I'm going to play around with habits. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing that's different, that's helping me, that's aiding in my success? Mm -hmm. And so he started just making lists and talking about different things. Well, I'm doing this. I'm waking up at this time. I'm putting this much time here. I'm also doing this. And I'm, these things are aiding to my success Mm -hmm. and they're things that anyone can do so it kind of talks about like there's nothing unique about me that makes me special or great you could do this too if you wanted to right and let me just tell you what i'm doing basically and he started this newsletter and it's slowly grown and so he talks about his success with his newsletter like people have just like slowly started following along and listening to his tips that he would give and anyone can now and now he talks about all of his like subscription people who sign up for his newsletter that's free lots of anyone can follow along and get his i don't know if it's monthly tips and advice on things that you can do mm-hmm. to maybe stay motivated in your and creating better habits and wow. he gives really great advice and it's anywhere from like being a healthier person to just wanting to read every day or you want to, um, I don't know, anything you want for yourself, he gives advice on like how to achieve those things. And maybe it's as simple as like, you know, I wish I had, uh, like, why do we brush our teeth every day? Like what, you know, yes, it's a habit that we start when we're young, but we do it because we have, we get satisfaction, right? Like we have minty taste in our mouth. Our breath is, smells better. More pleasant. Yes. Yeah. Like there's, there's like a reaction that you get for that a habit. reward almost. Yes. The feeling of. A clean mouth. Clean mouth. Simple like that. So yeah. let's say that every day you already do that. Well, if you're already brushing, you know, he talks about stacking, habit stacking. Mm-hmm. Like there's something that you already do every day. Maybe you're going to add on to that by, okay, well, I'm going to also read 10 pages of a book. So I'm going to brush my teeth and then I'm going to read. I'm so going to do that to every habit day. that's already in place. Right. And that means I'm just reading. Or maybe it's our goal is to read a book or we wish wish we could read a chapter every day, but we can't. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit and open the book. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to read anything. My goal for two weeks is just to open the book. And sit with it. Yeah. And that's it. That's all I have time for. I don't have time for more. And he's like, you'll find that if you just take that first step of sitting down and opening a book. Getting it out of the way, then that's You know that's you're going to open the book. Yeah, that's you know you're going to open the book. It's just starting. Yeah. So now, after two weeks of just opening the book, you only allow yourself to read one page. No, I can only read. That's all I'm allowed today. 
is one page and you'll find yourself looking forward because I get to read one page tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then after two weeks, you're like, okay, I'm going to read two pages. And at that point, you know, you're building up to reading a chapter a day. So if it comes to like exercise, let's say it's really hard for you and it feels really big. Well, who has time to go for an hour every day? Mm -hmm. Like no one has that time. I do not have time for that, but I want to be a healthy, active person. Right. So what I'm going to do is when I get home from work, I'm just going to put on my gym shoes. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to change out of my work clothes and I'm going to put on my gym shoes. That's it. Just that. You're not going to go anywhere. You're actually not allowed to go anywhere. You actually have to stick with it for the full two weeks. Yeah, just put on your gym your gym shoes. Yeah, it's so fascinating. Interesting. And there's lots of things that are like, feel like no brainers, right? But that we don't actually do because we make it bigger in our brains. And he talks a lot about that. Like someone wanted to be a healthier person. And so when she was at a restaurant and ordering, she would be like, She would ask herself, what would a healthy person order? Because we don't see ourselves as healthy person. And one meal doesn't make a difference, right? Like it's, Uh oh, it's just this meal. I'm just going to order the hamburger or whatever it is that we want that meal. Uh But he's like, it's those kinds of things. Like one meal adds up when we're doing it on a regular basis. Right. Right. So he's just like. Just asking ourselves those questions. What would a healthy person order? Well, a healthy person, I think a healthy person would order this and then order that. Like, it's just those kinds of little things that tips that he gives in this book. It's a quick read. It's not very long, but it really is jam packed with lots of scenarios and lots of tried and true like tips to help you get started. And it sounds like, and I didn't do this. I listened to this book on audiobook. Mm -hmm. But within the audiobook, he was like, you can find a, a printout for this specific thing, like a journal writing mm-hmm. or tracker or this, like lots and lots of things. It sounds like, like resources to help with this. on his website that are free. So he's like, go here and you can print this off, which was kind of cool. And that I didn't go cool. check that out. But I love when they don't just tell you what to do, but they give you what you need to do to it. To do it. Yeah. 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 So I found that book at my library, and I think you could still go on his website and print everything off that you would want to use. Yeah. So it was cool. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear, and I gave it four stars. Yeah. Awesome. Super helpful. Like, even little things that I thought, I can put on my gym shoes. I can put on my gym shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And just trying to, like, baby step my way into it to create, like, a long-lasting habit. Yeah. Cool. We all need that. I know. If you're trying to create habits, that's definitely, it was definitely good. All right. So my next one, my last one today is 10 Steps to Nanette by Hannah Gatsby. So Hannah Gatsby is an Australian comedian and I've watched, she's got a couple of Netflix specials. I've kind of followed her for a while. Um, She is a very unique comedian. Okay. Um, I don't think I know her. Yeah. She, she, this is what she looks like, just so you know. Okay. She does look kind of familiar. So she has two specials that are on um, Netflix. One of them is called Nanette. That's her, it's a one hour special. And then her next one is Douglas. Now, if you haven't listened to him, she is crass, she's blunt. She brings up, she has Nanette, especially, and she talks about it like the, (laughs) she can't believe the success that came from Nanette because she talks a lot about her trauma, her childhood trauma, things she's experienced. She grew up in Tasmania, which is an island off of Australia. She had, was diagnosed in adulthood with ADHD and autism. She did not know growing up 
about these things. Wow. And she is also a lesbian. She is, she identifies, she is queer. And, um, and it was actually in growing up against the law to be gay. And, um, very harsh punishment if you were gay in her country. And she talks a lot about all of these issues in growing up in her childhood. She talks about these issues. A lot of other comedians, not a lot, but some other comedians have said, is this even comedy? And she talks about that in her book, that in Australia, comedy, the type of comedy she does is very different than American comedy. And she never thought her, I mean, she circuited Australia and has a great following there. She never thought she'd make it to America. Okay. And then was quite shocked when her special got such great reviews or reviews at all. And then she's circuited in America as well. Um, like I said, she is a crass comedian. There, there are some hard topics there. But this book talks about the 10 steps to Nanette. What led to her writing that special? Um, if you, I, what I love about this is, the perspective of an of ADHD and the perspective of autism from somebody who has them. And I have ADHD. I am not autistic, however, but the combination of the two and just, it gave me such an understanding, even to me and ADHD, things I'd never even associated as a symptom of ADHD. I was like, oh my gosh, I can relate to that. Interesting. Looking at other people, like looking at my son with his ADHD and his sensory issues, he's not diagnosed autistic, but has been has been evaluated multiple times because he has so many things that fall under that, especially with his sensitivities and his um, sensory integration disorder. How much that plays and brings on anxiety and brings on like it just it's fascinating. It's fascinating, um, and all of those things led to quite a bit of depression and anxiety in her and mental health issues that she couldn't see. Yeah. And so when you add all of these levels of a, a not neurotypical brain right. and trying to figure out how to get yourself out of there, like she was buried and didn't even know she was buried or didn't Gosh. know it wasn't normal to be this way. It It is really interesting. I know this is like a niche, not a lot of people maybe know her as a comedian or um, know her, but if you're interested in all in, in, you know, ADHD, queer, autism, and seeing her perspective on life and how she was treated and how she has overcome these things and what she does, like she wears blue every day. Okay. Because then she doesn't have to make those decisions on what to wear every day. And blue brings her a lot of calmness. Okay. So if I just decided I'm going to wear blue every day because blue helps me feel calm in these situations, it helps me find some calm, and then I don't have to make decisions. I only wear blue clothing. So she wears blue. Like there's all okay. these little things she's figured out that make her be able to function and to be hugely successful. She has become hugely successful in her career That's as amazing. a writer. And um, anyway, it was so interesting. I gave it for her stars 10 steps to nanette if you're interested hop on netflix and watch her specials um but you could read this book and without watching them too and just it's very very interesting um the her her life so hannah gadsby g-a-d-s-b-y and it's 10 steps to nanette i gave it four stars awesome yeah very good very interesting 
Well, there you go. That's a lot of books. That was a lot of books. Some fun ones, too. I'd say this is really good ones. Take, take your, your pick. pick. <laughs> take your pick. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, you've got some choices there. Yeah. And so send us fun. your choices. We'd love to hear those. Please. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, subscribe, share with your friends. Yes. We'd love it if you did. And thank you if you already have. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your book club. club.